Welcome to the Nightly Rant. I'm Mike. And I'm Toria. This is the show where we talk about the awful things that have happened in our day, the awesome things that have happened in our day, and all the things in between. Thanks for listening, and we truly hope you enjoy. you miss the glory days of talk radio where the hosts knew their stuff and were not spreading fake stories? What would it be like if those same hosts could speak their mind and not have to answer to management for it? I have just the thing for you. Spencer Hughes Podcast Adventures is the new show from Spencer Hughes, formerly of Fox News Radio and a host of other places. For as little as $1 a month, you can have access to Spencer again. His insights will make you think, and his humor will make you laugh. This is your chance to help a man build his dream and support his family. Head over to patreon.com forward slash Spencer Hughes today and subscribe to one of the several levels you can choose from. You will not be disappointed in the content you are going to begin receiving. Patreon.com forward slash Spencer Hughes. Adventurous content the way radio used to be. So, you know, isn't it interesting that you get these new animals in the house and they always start out all timid and shy and they're so well behaved. Until they're not. And then they let their hair down. (laughs) And they turn into a chicken bone stealing asshole. Explain that comment. He stole. Who's he? Odie. Foster Uh demon. Mm -hmm. Stole chicken bone off the table that wasn't the funny part though because i mean dogs do stupid stuff like okay, that so he but stole like, it. But hold on a second here here's what i would see normally like with with yogi you know a little while ago when we were downstairs and we were coming back mm-hmm. and the lady was going by with her dogs mm-hmm. and Odie went after the dogs because he's bad because he's not really great with other dogs sometimes right yogi did the typical pack thing, and he was backing up his bro. Yeah. Okay? He was going to back up his bro. He got his he got his little hoity-toity look on that he gets, you know, and he he puffed out his chest. And he the did. tail went up and got fluffy. He did. But then as soon as I told him to get back here. He got back. He came back. He obeyed. That one. Instantly. Odie does not do that. So, okay, the funny part about the chicken bone thing was he steals the chicken bone, and I'm on a call. I'm on a business call, and I look, and I can see you trying not to make too much noise because you know I'm on a call. Right. I was trying to be courteous, Odie. And he starts to run away, and you grab him. I caught him by the collar just in time. <laughs> you grab him, and you grab the chicken bone, and that's where the funny part began. I had to wrestle no, it out of his mouth. Yogi would have dropped that bone the second you touched him. Like, the moment you grabbed his collar, he would have dropped it. Because, let's face it. They know they're not supposed to do it or they wouldn't be running away. Right. If they thought they were supposed to have the chicken bone, <laughs> they would chow on the chicken bone right here. I mean, that's, let me ask you a question. When you, put your, when you put your bacon and eggs that's left over on the ground in the plate, does the dog take it and run in the next room to eat it and come back, take another piece? No. He eats it right here. Because he knows it's for him. Because he knows it's for him. 
But if you were to leave a piece of pizza right here that he knew he wasn't supposed to have. Exactly. He would grab it and go and hide somewhere. Or like when Yogi hides candy in the in the beanbag chairs for later so he can eat them later. Yes, Yogi does this. So this dog, Odie, he grabs the chicken bone, Toria grabs him by the collar, and the wrestling match begins. And it took like five minutes to get this effing chicken bone out of his mouth. And I'm trying so hard not to break the chicken bone or the dog. He latched onto that thing and he wasn't going to let go. I had my fingers in his mouth and couldn't pry his jaws apart. That's how bad he wanted that chicken bone. I am convinced by observing this dog that he lived off of mostly table scraps. I think so too. And I think that's why he has such a hard time with the dog food. And I think it's why he doesn't eat breakfast in the morning. Because you notice when I gave him the teeny, 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 tiniest bit of my... Yeah. Uh, I gave him like four kernels of my uh, scrambled eggs this morning. That was it. Like teeny... <laughs> it, it, it was smaller than a dime. Okay. The amount that I gave him. And he he just, chowed that down no problem. But if we had put that same amount of dog food in there, he'd have turned his nose up at it. Right. And I think that the only reason he eats the food at night... Is because he's hungry. There's only one of two possibilities. He's either super hungry or that's when she fed him dog food. I think it's both. Honestly, I think it's both. So it's habit. Yeah. It's habit and desperation. We don't feed him food scraps all day long so that little sucker gets hungry. Well, now he's all pissed off at me because he was trying to jump up and find more chicken bone on the table. And so he I got squirted with the water bottle. Water. Like he's supposed to and be. And he, he honestly, he ran away like I'd sprayed him with acid. Like he was so offended. But you know what? It's good for him because he's going to learn. If he won't listen to the word no, there has to be something yes. that goes with the word no that he doesn't want. Yeah, exactly. He's going to learn. He is going to learn. And it's... He's going to be a good boy. It's sad, it makes but us crazy. it's sad, but he's got to learn. Just like he's got to lose weight. But hey, exciting news! He's already lost. Oh, he's going to be a TV star. Yes. He's going on the Hallmark Channel. On the Home and oh gosh, now I have to look it up. Home and something show. Oh, okay. I'm look. I'm look. Hold on. By the time you hear this episode, you will be able to search down and find the Odie Meister. On TV, on the Hallmark Channel. On on the Home and Family Show. Home and Family Show on the Hallmark Channel. He's going to be on it on um, Thursday Thursday the 26th. 26th. So you'll be hearing this after the fact. Likely, yes. Not even likely. I can tell you by what's scheduled that there's already something scheduled for tomorrow. Uh, Tomorrow's Wednesday. Yes, I know what day tomorrow. But anyway, if you're interested, it looked to me like those shows are on YouTube all the time, so... Are they? Look it up or catch them later. So There's a whole it? bunch of them on YouTube. Good. I'm kind of sad we can't watch them. We don't have the Hallmark Channel. <clears throat> so, cable. So this guy, he's... I don't know. Kind of a crazy knucklehead sometimes. My phone is currently freaking him out because it vibrated under his nose. But you know... I wanted to talk about, from the time we've been together, we've always had our thing where we 
binge watch shows on Netflix together. Yes, and now we've almost run out of shows that are worth binge watching. But you, <clears throat> you resisted this show, like hardcore resisted this show. I'm not really into meth. And I kept telling you what a good show it was. And finally you watched with me Breaking Bad. And now you can no longer harass me. Walter Bleeping White. The mastermind criminal of all mastermind criminals. Only one problem. His wife was a little bit better at it than him. I have a feeling that had Walter White included his wife from the very beginning and convinced her that this was what they needed to do, they would have taken over the cartel. She was smart, that lady. Even when she got into it, if she'd have been more on board and less trying to get him out of it. You know... For those of you who haven't watched the show, for even those of you who have watched the show, you know, Walter White was a chemistry teacher in high school, and he ran into one of his students, and somehow, I don't remember how, but somehow he figured out that his student was making meth, and he realized, he put two and two together, and he realized that as a chemistry teacher, he knew how to conduct the experiments that would make the best meth. He knew all the ingredients, so he did some research. And he got together with the guy and then cooked up some meth. And it was like this blue colored meth. And it was like 98% pure. Right. Which I guess, I don't know anything about meth either. But I'm guessing that in the meth world, the more pure, the better. Well, because at other points in the show, they referenced other people having like 60% pure meth. And them being crappy, so I would guess so. I think it makes it stronger. Well, I would imagine it would be and like... more consistent. But I would imagine it would have to be like good marijuana. Like, you can go and you can buy super cheap marijuana. And <clears throat> 99% of the time, the super cheap marijuana is just that. Super cheap marijuana. You you buy a certain amount of it. Let's say you, let's say you buy three grams of the marijuana... You end up having to use twice as much to get to the same feeling that you got with better marijuana, less of it. So I would imagine that meth must work the same way. That if it's a more pure, it must give you a more intense high, which means you don't have to use as much of it. So yeah, you're going to spend, for the dealer, they're going to make a little bit more money because they're going to charge a bit more for the more pure meth, but... But the user is not going to use as much. So they're not going to gripe about the extra money because they're getting a little bit of extra mileage out of the meth that they buy. Right. So he makes this meth. And like in a nutshell, the whole storyline is that he slowly seems to get more and more obsessed with money, the money aspect of it. Like then he finds out he has cancer and he thinks he's going to die. And so that turns him into the guy that wants to leave a bunch of money to his family and he realizes and that treatment. he realizes that that means making more and more meth and more and more meth and more and more meth over and over and over and at some point i don't remember how but the wife finds out about it and he told her oh that's right he told her he told her the truth she thought he was having an affair so he told her right i think that had he had her on board from the beginning, they would have been killer. Because <clears throat> right away, the first thing she did was research 
how could they get a legit business and basically launder their money? Their legit business. Right. And then she even was like, it has to be a business that we'd normally be involved in or we're going to get caught. And she even understood like... How much? They decided to do a car wash. And this is where she kind of lost it, in my opinion. They started making way more money than a car wash would make. So rather than being intelligent and buying a second car wash, she was like hiding the money. In a storage unit. In a storage unit. unit. <clears throat> and here's right. the thing. Here's the thing. Most criminals like that are stupid. Like, one of the ways they used to catch the mafia back in the day was they would have a pizza joint and no one would ever be in there except for the mafia people. No right. one else ever went in there. Right. Well, it doesn't take the police long to figure out that that pizza joint isn't legit because a pizza joint doesn't stay open for 10 years with zero customers. It just well, doesn't exactly. happen. And so she knew she needed to promote the car wash. She needed to, like, give good customer service. She had to actually work at the car wash. Like, it had to look legit. <clears throat> at least for the startup phase. Of course, what an interesting line of work to go into, drug dealer, when your brother-in-law is a DEA agent. You're going to have to put spoiler alert on the title of this podcast. Hell no. <laughs> no spoiler alert. <laughs> you don't like it, don't listen. It's that simple. Turn it off now if you don't want to hear any more. Three, two... One, you've been warned. Now we're continuing. Anyway, the DEA agent. But see, even that, it made him a less effective drug dealer because drug. he was really with other people. He clearly was ruthless. Like, right. someone got in the way, he eliminated them. Exactly. Even that one guy, what's his name? Gus. Who was like the, he's another one who was smart. He had a burger joint. He had a chain of burger joints. He had a, a chain, chain of, of burger laundries. joints and a chain of laundries. And he, he, that's how he made his money, in quotes. And <clears throat> Walter had a little run in with him and needed to get rid of him. So he did. He got rid of him. Yep. But with the brother-in-law, even when someone else was going to shoot and kill the brother-in-law, he yelled and screamed for them not to do it. Right. He had a weakness for family. In the end didn't matter but you know he tried to keep him alive anyway i mean it's it's interesting to me though because i remember when the show was on tv and i didn't watch it then but i remember when it was on tv and people were saying oh it's far-fetched it's far-fetched it's far-fetched i don't think it's far-fetched i think there are people your neighbors that are big into drug dealing or some other illegal enterprise and you'd never know and you'd never even know they're just like normal people. But that's the smart ones. You know what I mean? Obviously, we... We all know who the dumb ones are. We've had neighbors that were drug dealers who were stupid. And you could tell. Oh, and those people who used to live in the back? And they, they attracted... would leave the door open when they were open for Yeah, and they, would, and they attracted police activity all the time. I mean... Yeah. You have to be more careful than that. But, I mean, I guess it's like what I've heard. You have to be careful when you're doing something illegal like that because you have to let it be known be known to a lot of people that you exist 
And someone is going to turn over on you and turn you into the police to make things better for themselves. So that's kind of a concern if you're going to go into an illegal enterprise is not having the whole damn world know that that's what you're doing. Well, I was really hoping that he'd be able to successfully not let anybody know who he was in the beginning. Like, when he came up with the alias and he was wearing his creepy hat places. And I think if he would have picked a more reliable business partner. Nobody would have known. Right. He could have just cooked cooked meth in his basement or RV for the rest of his life. And nobody would have ever known that it was him. He only started to, you know, get ruthless when people would find out it was him. Or yeah. figure out his name. Because he had to protect himself. Right. Right. Yeah, definitely. But, you know, that's a good point. Who you pick as your partner is important. Because if they're not as careful as you... I mean, it's like... It's different but similar. It's like... If... If I was super anal about... Keeping everything perfectly spotless... You would be unhappy and I would be unhappy. Because you're not super anal about keeping everything spotless. You keep things clean, but you're not anal about it. Neither am I. That's a good right. thing. But if I was, or if you were, vice versa, what are, we both wouldn't. It ends up you're both not happy. And that's what happened. His partner thought he was a tight ass, you know, too strict, bossy, etc. And all he was trying to do was protect their livelihood. Right. And like keep things moving forward in their business. And the Jesse character Right. And the Jesse character was like, you know, we don't need to be that careful. Nobody knows. How's anyone gonna find out? Exactly. They're not gonna find out if you're careful, but if you even slightly not careful, well, you leave a trail. And even if they'd have been selling like regular grade meth, my guess is they wouldn't have gotten into any of the trouble they got in either. Because People wouldn't have decided that they had to die because they weren't wouldn't have been putting people out of business. Yeah. I it reminds me of like what I see on um live PD and things of that nature, where Well, like I watched that one drug show where they were talking about how the guy was from Philadelphia. And marijuana of any kind is not legal in Philadelphia. So no medical marijuana, no recreational marijuana, no marijuana at all. And he was coming to California to buy from the growers who grow here to take back to Philadelphia and figuring that he could get a good price here and then take it back to Philadelphia and sell it for an even, you know, even bigger chunk of change. Okay. And he made it a point of saying, we made sure that the brake lights were checked out, that the engine was in good running order that the tires were in good good shape, that the headlights were working, that there were no violations on that car. Because you don't want to make it easy for the police to just pull you over whenever they feel like it for any reason at all. And we've talked about it. Those rules are in place. Why? To catch dirtbags. Because they want to have a way to pull you over. Once they pull you over, they can make any investigation they want at that yeah, point. Yeah, if you're smuggling drugs across the country, you better be checking your taillights at every stop. You better not have any cracks in your windshield. You better make sure your registration is up to date. Yeah. Like, don't do anything dumb. And if you're going to drive through a, a wintry state, my guess is wintry states have similar road laws as Canadian road laws. 
where your tires have to be at a certain level, like baldness wise. Sure. Or they're not roadworthy. <clears throat> yeah, and you have to watch for all that stuff. Right. Because you don't want to give the police a reason to pull you over. So your car better be in A-plus condition. And that's what he talked about in that show, you know, The Criminal. And I think that's what Walter White was trying to do. He was trying to make sure that the car was in good shape and not going to get pulled over was driving down the road. I mean, why make it easier for the police than it has to be? Honestly, he was trying to be what Gus was. Yes. But not successfully, unfortunately. Well, I never did quite understand how that guy kept the legal aspect of his business hidden. Because all kinds of people met him at his damn restaurant. Good, bad, and indifferent. They all went to his restaurant. I would think you would have a strict rule. Business partners don't come into my business. You would think. Like the car wash. I don't think he would have wanted Gus... Coming to the car wash. Right. For any reason. Like, Gus isn't going to get his car washed there. Because, like his wife's, like Walter White's wife said, they can't go out and buy expensive automobiles and upgrade their house and do all that stuff because, number one, it attracts attention. And number two, if there's ever any suspicion that they're doing something like that, it gives the police more reason to dig and dig and dig because they have visual confirmation that they're up to something. Right. I and agree. So she told him to live the life like they always lived. So, so the moral of the story is don't get super greedy and don't be an idiot and you could successfully deal drugs too? Well, that's the thing. Why wouldn't you just want to continue? So you have millions of dollars hidden in your floorboards and you get out of the drug business well now you have millions of dollars that you can spend if you're used to making $100,000 a year you have 10 years worth of salary tax free right there in your floorboards if you have $1 million but you said yeah. millions at I mean, why least you, 10 years why would you why, why would you risk it it doesn't make any sense to me that you would you would do something stupid and risk it right and I mean I've said it to you before. I watch like the shows about the when crack became a big deal and it took over the poor neighborhoods. I can understand why those people were dealing that stuff. In a, in a week's time, they made as much money as it could make in six months. Right. But but they also make the same stupid mistakes of wearing blingy jewelry and you know acting out and you know. Just not smart about it. You got to be smart about it. I think, I think that's the key to the criminal lifestyle is being smart about it. But see, that's why like slowly upgrade your life. I would never be able to be a criminal because I'd be a hundred percent paranoid a hundred percent of the time. Right. I wouldn't be able to handle the possibility that someone was going to bust through our door and arrest us at any moment. I I couldn't do that. (laughs) It's like you know when they say you know when they say like. When you tell the truth, you don't have anything to worry about. Yeah. And like we were talking about that one situation and how, oh, you should write down what actually happened. And then I think it was Deborah that said to me, well, you don't really need. No, it was Richard who said to me, you don't need to write down anything because you're on the, you're telling the truth. So in five years from now, when this comes up, 
you're going to tell, continue to tell the truth because you didn't craft some stupid lie that you're going to have to remember in five years from now. And that would be why you would write something down. Or if you don't have a great memory, I suppose. Yeah, but I have, an, I, have a good, I have a really good memory and I'm really good with details. So it comes down to I didn't make up any stories or any lies. So telling the truth about that situation is going to be easy even 10 years from now. Right. I don't care. Like, come at me. It's not going to hurt me. <laughs> and I, I think it's the same thing with criminal act- activity. If you're if you're honest and you're not committing crimes, and what you don't have to, we don't worry every night that the police are going to bust through our door. But can you imagine being a criminal and you hear the tonk 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 on your door, and you don't know if it's your friend, your next door neighbor, a delivery person, or perhaps six police officers with a warrant for your arrest? That's why you have a nest cam if you're a criminal. Like you watch the live PD and they show up with like 10 sheriffs at your door and they surround your house so you can't climb out the window. Yeah. when they, I was thinking the other night when I was watching live PD and they had like 10 guys descending upon this house. I was like, wow. If you're looking outside your window and you see 10 police officers descending on your house, you got to know you're about to have a really bad time. Right. Now, can you imagine if those 10 police officers had the wrong dude and they were hassling somebody who hadn't done anything wrong and it's just like a dude like you whose door is being pounded down by police officers? Once in my life have I had police show up at my door and the weird part about it, the weird part about it was I was in the kitchen and at the time there was nothing outside there and I looked out the window And I saw this police car, like, on the corner, stopped. Just sitting there in the dark. But it was like, when I say on the corner, you know, like, the road curves. You know, like, corners aren't just, like, pointy. They're curved. And you stop. Oh, he was sitting on the curve? You stop on the straightaway. He was on the curve part, just sitting there. And I thought, that's weird. And then about half an hour later, there was a knock on the door. And it was like all these questions and, you know, it's like, what the hell's going on? I don't know what you're talking about, you know, wrong. It was a mistake. But my point is, here I was completely not doing anything illegal. And I see the police car and I'm like, that's really weird. Why is there a police car sitting out there? Now, imagine if you were a drug dealer or a bank robber or what the hell ever, a burglar, and you see the cop car there, you're like, you're gonna be like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. I mean, what a life to live. Well, just imagine for a second that your super spastic downstairs neighbor had been uh, screaming yeah. and fighting with his girlfriend all night, <laughs> and you thought they were killing each other, and then you see him crawl out the basement window and run away down the street. Because someone called the police and he knew it. And then you're like, okay, finally, this giant fight is over, so you go to bed, and the next thing you know, the police are breaking down your front door because. Yeah. The girlfriend gave him the wrong house number? Similar situation. Yeah. Wrong address, right apartment number. Right address, wrong no, apartment number. No, in my case it was oh. wrong address, oh. right apartment number. Well, that's funny. They were close, though. They were really close. Yeah, but my issues with Canadian police officers, they apologized and came back the next day to replace my door. <laughs> so... Not too offensive, but still offensive. After my interaction with the Canadian police, it doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> I know, right? But 
Bottom line is, we watched Breaking Bad. We both enjoyed it. At first, it took you a while to get into it, but I even warned you that it was slow at first. It was really slow at first. I mean, at some point, I'll get you to watch Sons of Anarchy with me again. Nope. And again, because I have to watch it a second time. You'll watch it with me. You'll end up liking it just like I did because of the fact that it has a good storyline. And the thing is, one percent chance in the first season of that show, you don't really get into the characters because the show's kind of designed in a weird, funky way. But once they fixed it, I don't know if they changed writers, hired a new head writer, got a new producer, director, whatever. Something changed. And suddenly the characters took front and center. Like, like you know how, like, when you watch, like, that 70s show, there's, like, the episode that focuses on something that's going on with Donna. And then there's an episode that focuses on something that's going on with Eric. And then there's an episode of something going on with Hyde. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that's what they started doing on uh, Sons of Anarchy. Suddenly it was about the characters. And I'm sorry, but I think that's why sitcoms die because on a sitcom all they're trying to do is be funny ha 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 make you laugh right well after a while and they run out of jokes and it's no longer funny you don't care anymore but when you care about the the character they just have to keep putting that character in a new situation a new situation a new situation a new situation and you keep going isn't that why law and order all the law and order survive because they have a formula as we've talked about, there's a formula to the show, how it opens, how it closes, what happens in between. But they throw in things about the characters like, you know, Benson has the she adopts the kid. And then every single thing that happens is, oh, my God, am I going to lose my kid? Or, you know, is this going to cause me to lose my kid? And you care because you care about her. So you care. Right. And you pay attention. Right. But if that was a sitcom and you didn't give a shit about her, that'd be a problem. Yeah, it would be. So, you know, I think character development in anything, a movie, a TV show, it doesn't matter, a book, that's important. If you don't like the characters, you're not going to watch the movie, the TV show, or read the book. You're just not. I agree. You know? So, we enjoyed it. There'll be more. Um, I'm going to talk about Breaking Bad on the binge report on the Zoo Media Network at imzoo.com. Are you now? And I've got probably a good 15-minute discussion planned about that. Uh, by the way, by the way, everybody, make sure that you're listening. If you're even slightly interested in politics and how our government works, make sure you're listening to Liberty Revealed. That is our podcast on Yogi's Podcast Network. That is it's educational. They're very brief, anywhere between 7 and 15 minutes in length. We keep it real short. Um, I'm sure there'll be some longer episodes when I get some interviews on there. But for the actual episodes, they're really short. And be listening to What's Up Orange County as well, because that's got some really good business interviews that I think everyone's going to be interested in. And don't forget to give us your feedback at yogispodcastnetwork.com forward slash feedback. Or you can email us at info at yogispodcastnetwork.com. Because Yogi needs to keep getting his dog food. He wants you to listen to these shows so we can make more money. And buy him more dog food. He wants the more expensive dog food. Actually, he just wants more more treats. Yes, he likes his treats. But not a bully stick. He's he a, recently learned what those are made out of and he doesn't have any interest. He's a sweet boy. 
He's a very <laughs> sweet boy. And if you know anybody who wants currently a very fat Dachshund Chihuahua mix, a Wiwawa, we have Odie. He's a Wiwawa. He's, he's very sweet despite He's six his years old. He's a very sweet, loving animal. Um, he's a typical dog. I mean, I'm going to tell you. This is how I look at it, okay? I'm not getting mad at him. We're just being real about him because if someone's going to adopt him, they need to know these things because they need to fix them. He has some behavioral issues because I don't think he's never been his trained. owner could train him. I don't think she could. She just kind of had this dog and he got to do whatever he wanted to do. And it's kind of obvious by the way he operates yeah. now that he's comfortable. And that's okay because when you know of those things, you can correct those things. And he honestly is a very sweet dog. And like, my gosh, talk about easy fit. From the first night, we brought him into our bed and let him sleep in bed with us because that's where our dogs sleep. And he just went to sleep. No problems. He's a good dog about that. The first night he paced around a little because he didn't really understand the blinds and didn't really understand what was going on. But last night, he glued himself to my feet and stayed there. Compare it to the first night Wiener Dude was here. Oh, Jesus. We got like two hours of sleep. I mean, Wiener yeah. Dude kept us awake all night like a newborn baby. This guy has not done that. Mm-mm. He's been very, very good. I mean, in all things family interaction, people interaction, he's been phenomenal. Like, he gets along so well with Yogi. He's mad to that pretty girl, the cat, won't play with him. And so he barks at her. And he pushed it real hard today. Real oh, and she hard tried today. to kill him when she came out of the bathtub earlier. Um, he barks at the other cat, too. He barks at Miss Olive. She was sitting behind a box, and he was barking at her, and she kept peeking around one side, and he would bark louder, and then she'd peek around the other side, and he'd rush over and bark at her there. He just, he's, he's really, having a good time, though. He really has a sweet personality. Um, he needs to lose weight. Because not feel his not for any other reason other than that we'd like him to live a long, healthy oh, life. And it boy. makes him out of breath, the poor baby. So that's where we're at today with um, the, the nightly rant. And we've been doing a better job of keeping up with this show. So thank you for sticking with us for all that time. We kind of slacked off a little bit there for a while. But you know what? When you do 100 episodes in a row... It gets tiring, so the second hundred is harder than the first hundred, and I hear the third hundred is even harder than the second hundred, so we're proud that we're sticking it out, and I always look down podcast lists, and I see people that got to like episode number 35, I saw one that got to 98, and then they die, and they don't go anywhere. I'm like, how did you not make it to 100? You're saying we're going to have like 30,000 episodes there. by That's the time my goal. we're done with this? That's my goal, is to never end this show. Oh... We haven't really focused on this, but in August, we're going to start focusing on this. On Sundays, we're going to record, and hopefully get released on Mondays, the Nightly Rant Uncensored. It's going to replace chatting with Mike and Toria on the Zoo Media Network at imzoo.com. And more cuss words. It's going to be similar but different to this show. And it's definitely going to be labeled explicit, and it's going to be not safe for work. NSFW. There's going to be four in our podcast? No, not safe for work. It's just also cuss words. Can you imagine <laughs> being at the court with the 90, you know, 78-year-old woman working in the cubicle next to you? And you're listening to this podcast on speakers, 
and there's expletives flowing, don't think she would like that. <laughs> Anything you want to add? No, I'm good. I feel like I talked almost the entire time and you just kind of you sat got, there and like, looked at me. Really? No, I talked at the beginning and then you talked for the rest. You got really into the Breaking Bad thing. That's okay. I don't mind. Well, as you know, criminal things like that intrigue me. And you know why they intrigue me? Because it's not who you are. It's not who I am and I don't understand how they get away with it. Fair enough. I just don't understand. I mean, most of those people that I see on the TV are stupid. Yes. The one dude was smuggling meth from Canada to Detroit. Why? In a jet ski in an area where he says he knows U.S. Customs looks for drug dealers. Like, wow, let's just... Let's just go out into the middle of the main intersection here with a megaphone that says, I am a prostitute. And see how many how long <laughs> it'll take before the police come. <laughs> and that's basically what he did. I'm a drug dealer. I'm driving my jet ski across the channel. Come and get me. I'm entering your country illegally. Oh my god. And then I mean if him crossing did it wasn't bad enough, he turns around and goes back. It was a two-way trip. Right? Amazing. It's ridiculous. And I see that stuff and I just laugh because I think to myself, how do these idiots not wind up in prison sooner? I don't get it either. I don't really, really don't. And that's why things like this get me excited and why I can talk more about it because criminals, you know what? idiots. They get you more excited than they get me excited, but I did like Breaking Bad. It was all right. Well, because I'd watch it again. Admit it. it admit it. it. Admit it. You got into the whole character and whether the wife was going to figure it out, whether the son was going to figure it out. Is his brother-in-law going to figure out that he's the guy? And you know, I was going to say that earlier. Funny thing is, when you look at people who like kibitz about the show, they insist that he knew from almost the beginning. I think he did too. I think he had his suspicions, but like would be typical with a family member because once again, I think he cared about Walt. As much as Walt cared about him. And I don't think he wanted it to be that. I don't think he wanted him to be that Heisenberg that he was after. Right. So. But he knew it was him. Yep. The whole time. Alrighty then. Well, I guess that's another episode of Peeling the Nightly Rant Orange. I'm joking. Why are we peeling the orange? We're not. We're peeling the Nightly Rant Orange. We're ranting nightly. We're ranting nightly about oranges. We're ranting nightly about oranges and dogs and cats and guinea pigs and children and teenagers. What do you call Donald Trump with a sunburn? A burnt orange. A peeling ranting orange. A flaming hot Cheeto. Oh, but I'm bumped. Oh, shit. Cheeto Jesus. Everybody bow down to Cheeto Jesus. Not. (laughs) So, good night, everyone. Hasta la bye-bye, Odie. Hi, everyone. This is Mike, and I truly hope you enjoyed the show. You're able to subscribe to this show on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher so as to never miss an episode. If, by chance, you did miss an episode here or there, you can catch up on all shows, past and present, by heading over to yogispodcastnetwork.com forward slash TNR show. Thanks for listening.